Just like L Tree last night, baby, the US of fucking A first ever CONCACAF Nations League champions. Oh my gosh, what a game, what a night. They take out L Tree 3 to 2. It had everything you could hope for cards, fights, shithousery, goals, literally anything you a pitch invader. And oh my gosh, people actually watch the YouTube fight over this. I cannot believe it. But I can believe that the USA got the job done last night. How are you doing, Michael, on this victory Monday for the Stars and Stripes? Great. 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 First trophy for the boys. Big one. Inaugural trophy, as you said, in a great battle. Battle's the only way to describe this game against Mexico. Um, Beautiful sight for the future and for now to be able to get this trophy. And it's just great. Had me feeling great all day. Sucks. You know, the game ended at like 1 a.m. on the East Coast, but neither here nor there because it ended in victory. Yeah, absolutely did not care. Staying up late, you know, we were clocking in today, but it did not matter because, and honestly, I couldn't go to sleep afterwards too because I was so, I was so like hype about, about how this game ended. I mean, just oh. Ethan Horvath for president. Ethan Horvath for president. Yep. Whenever he's eligible, let's get him in office. He is the doofiest looking cold-blooded assassin I've ever seen in my life. Hometown hide hero. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Fun fact, him and Nikola Jokic have never been photographed together. This guy is playing in the NBA playoffs and winning cups for his club and country in his off days. Coincidence that the games were in Denver? When no. the Nuggets I, needed to play in Denver? No, absolutely not at all. Not. <laughs> absolutely not. Let's just start with the first goal because that's one of the first things that happened, you know? USA. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, let's go through lineups. Let's go through lineups. <laughs> um, the U.S. of A lined up in a 3-4-3, 5-2-3, whatever you want to call it. Brooks in the middle, Tim Ream, left center back. Mark McKenzie, right center back. Yedlin, the boy, OG, been doing it for a while. Now he's doing it out in Turkey. Had a good end of the season playing at right wing back. Serginho Dest, Barcelona man, out left. Kellen Costa from the MLS. Weston McKinney, Juve stud. Josh Sargent, Josh Sargent. Uh, we got Pulisic and Reyna, the wonder kids up top. And Zach Steff and the Delco dirtbag himself in net. Um what were your initial thoughts when you saw our lineup? I was I was confused um, and happy at the same time because, uh, as you know, the U.S. lists it in such a weird way. The first name that came on my screen was Tim Ream, and I instantly got scared. Uh, and then just kept going, saw that it was a three. Okay, going to utilize their wings backs. Robinson and Dest are going to have a lot more to do. And then I see that Robinson's not there either. But Yedlin's playing, my boy. So we're fine. And uh, the thing that did worry me, there were two things. Sergeant starting and the midfield two on if it was going to be solid enough to, you know, absorb that Mexican press and uh, be able to play the ball out. But I would say it was probably like 75, 25 good to bad when I first saw it. So 
Greg was starting off on the decent foot in my eyes. What about you? Yeah, man. When I saw this lineup, there were some question marks, obviously. Tim Ream, you know, first one. Josh Sargent, I, I don't think after his performance against Honduras, yeah. he was deserving of the start, especially when um, Jordy Pifak got his uh, got the winner. That's his name now. Jordan Sebachu is no longer a person. He does not exist. This is Jordy Pifak, people. And right now, he's my pick for USA's number nine. But anyway... That was a question mark. But I, I, like you, I like the formation because um, upon giving it some thought, um, we're not very good with the ball as of right now. Uh, we'll see if that can develop. We can develop some better chemistry, but uh, that hasn't been the case. So this is a lineup that clearly with the midfield, back three, wing backs, we're, uh, we're going to absorb some pressure from the Mexicans that we're uh, probably going to play with less of the ball. And um, Acosta and McKinney, they cover a lot of ground. So, you know, that's a, if, if Adams wasn't going to start, then that's the best two to do this job, I think. So, went, went into it feeling, feeling, feeling great, actually. Feeling absolutely amazing. I thought we were going to win. No problem about it. I bet minus one and a half goals. That out the window. But it doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. Um, El Tree, though. Tato Martino. The CONCACAF Pep Guardiola, if you will. God. Uh, staple of consistency with El Tree. Give him the credit where it's due because not going to be a whole lot more given tonight. Just kidding. Um, they come out with the legend Guillermo Ochoa, Liga MX stud in net. Back three of Hector Moreno, Edson Alvarez, and Nestor Araujo. Correction, I lied. I'm looking at the app, but it was actually a four-three-three. Alvarez like played like a holding midfield he he would drop in deeper to center back at times but i'd say he was more of a six anyway mm -hmm. uh jesus gallardo and luis rodriguez at the fullbacks carlos rodriguez and double h himself atletico madrid stud i love this guy hector herrera in the midfield um lozano up front jesus corona um what, what would they call him what do they call him okay and um, <laughs> the surprise of the lineup, apparently Tata Martino canceled training, you know, hid this from the team. He was playing mind games. I don't know with who, but it, it, it worked. Give him credit. We'll get into how it worked. But Artuna started over, um, over Diego Linas, the, uh, the Mexican pool sick by some people's estimations. But some people also think the world is flat. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. It's a good comparison. Any uh, any any notes on El Tree's lineup when you saw it? Um, not really. Kind of uh, Lozano in that false nine position that uh, Tata tries to use him in has really shown that he's a powerful player playing there. He's a good asset. So when I saw that, that kind of worried me because if he's that front three looked kind of fluid. And with Tim Ream back there, which we'll get into later, he, I was like, he's slow. He's going to get targeted. He's going to get ran at. So that's a little – that was a little shaky. But Brooks is solid. McKenzie's a quick center back. And then, uh, you know, maybe the midfielders of the wide men can help out too. But that pace that Mexico put up front was, uh, was something that worried me. But other than that, just looked like a pretty normal Mexico lineup, um, straightforward probably going to be their lineup in the next qualifier. So, yeah, not too many surprises. 
Yeah, the only change really was moving from the uh, back three, sliding Alvarez up a little more because, you know, they were expecting to play more with the ball and they had more of the ball in the game. So um, that's getting to how it started. USA kicks off, hawks a couple deep. You know, Tim Ream overshoots his first pass. Um, Mexico tried to do the same with their pacey forwards. Yedlin gets beat. Makes up for it, passes the ball back to Mark McKenzie. Yeah. Weston McKinney drops to his side as his option, but you know, he just takes his time. He, he clearly read like a fucking book. Yeah. L- lazy pass as well, and um, gets his pocket picked by Corona, who just absolutely fires it near post, top bins. Nothing Stefan could have done about it. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it was just an unfortunate start. It was a precursor to the kind of night Mark McKenzie was going to have. Uh, the back three did, did not look fluid or stable or strong at all. No. They were shaky all night, and yeah. uh, Mark McKenzie just got things going early with that goal. Yeah, that was – what an assist by him. Just perfect right in his path in stride, and he just put – like you said, put it top ends. Uh, and yeah, you said it perfectly a precursor for what was to come, especially on those two outside center backs saying it was a long night would, it would have been an understatement for them. So, uh, yeah, just rough start this point still early. That was the real hope that we had, but I think I texted you at this point, Greg out. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was, uh, I was not hopeful at this point in the game to concede that early is, is a very tough thing to do, but um, credit to the boys after, after a little bit of absorbing Mexican pressure, them having the ball more than us, we were able to put some decent breaks together. A few nice passes. The best plays always came from Reyna or McKenney getting past the ball by usually John Brooks, and uh, off a corner, McKinney, like he did all night, really. Just absolutely mossed, mossed the uh, L-Tree's zonal marking scheme. And um, he beats Ochoa, hits off the post, unlucky. Reyna, the boy, is there to put it away. The passion of the celebration runs to the sideline. His family's absolutely loving it it means so much to it means so much to everybody every and, and it, it just like it was just awesome to see that so much fight and you, you could mm-hmm. really see like some character with with these kids and because that's what they are you know they're i know they're harping on it all night but i'm gonna have to say it again 24.6 years old average age of starting lineup youngest ever in a competitive game for the u.s men's national team and these group of kids showed a lot of fucking fight to get that, get that equalizer and go into the halftime one, one after conceding so early. Yeah. Great fight from these guys at 24.62 is shot up by the likes of Tim Ream, who's probably 53 by the way he moves and uh, you know, all the older players, but the core of the team is probably under that age. So just great fight, great resilience, energetic the whole time. Uh, Needed that equalizer. Reyna, perfect, perfect spot, perfect time. Um, kept his head, 
just a nice little first time finish past a uh, really good keeper. So um, good needed going into the half because if they were down going into the half, it probably would have ended a little bit differently. But uh, that was a nice little consolation to go into the half tied up. Yeah, it. I mean, you know, say what you want. It, it might have been a bit of a fluky goal, but um, had to be there to score it. Uh, the positioning yeah. was perfect, and he got rewarded for it. And, and McKinney, got it like done. said, got it, got up there, and did the bulk of the work for him. But um, over the course of this uh, this half. The, the, in the first half, Zach Steffen made a really nice save just coming off his line. And um, several chances were created off Tim Ream getting burnt. After they conceded, uh, you know, they kind of switched it up to a 4-3-3 of sorts. Uh, Des was moving up into the midfield. Um, just a quick note on Des for the game and just halftime. He, he just – he we need to figure out what we're doing. Like, we need to – like, obviously, Chris Richards is a much better option at left center back in a back three. But then that still leaves the Mark McKenzie issue that I'm not convinced by. You know, maybe Miazga is the answer there. Who knows? But Tim Ream at left back and Dest kind of just not getting on the ball enough, making stuff happen, really just having a, a poor game. It was not the move. It was not the move. It was getting exposed all night. And um, honestly, I feel like at halftime they could have made the the ream sub in whatever way they want to do it. Maybe Cannon in, and maybe, yeah, it would have had to been the double change because Destin Ream just weren't getting it done in in this setup. Yeah, I agree that um his spot was a big problem, and I think part of it is Des just he can play both sides, but so obvious from what we've seen of him that. He's a right wing back, you know, and taking someone out of position hurts them no matter how good you are, unless you're like Ronaldo or Messi. But, uh, yeah, Richards back there would have helped. And even a name that we haven't heard in a while, Aaron Long, um, I think if he was healthy and his Achilles wasn't a problem, uh, he could have been back there. And then that's kind of more like the normal U.S. back line that we'd want to see in a three back. And I'm surprised that um, Miazga didn't get a go. I, you know. He's a solid player. He has history against Mexico. He would have fought for every every ball, every ounce he would have put into this game. So a little surprising that he wasn't an option. And uh, Justin Che, I'm very high on him. Go to Bayern and uh, spent there, and you're already training on the first team. It's not something that normal players do at 17. <laughs> I would have loved to cap time, but you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, Dest and Ream needed to be subbed out. Thankfully, they did. Way it came on for Dest in the 60th, I think, was a great move. But uh, later in the game, when they brought on Adams and Legette, I think that's really when it solidified the, uh, you know, the formation, and they got where they wanted to be. Yeah, hundred percent. That was at the end of the day. That was what they needed to do. Adams mm-hmm. looked fine, but you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. the sports scientist said he couldn't run enough, and whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, that was the major issues for the U.S. Also, you know, Pulisic not getting involved enough for my taste. Um, Josh Sargent working real hard again. That's about it. Not doing much yeah. of anything. It was, it was another tough outing from him. He, he, he showed no real skill holding up the ball, passing it to teammates. He got on the end of one run and fell before he was able to shoot. 
it was um, really just a sorry effort. But McKinney, yeah. I thought every time he picked up the ball, he played great. Contrary to, you know, what I was texting you last week after the Honduras game, you know, me saying that he, he you know, he's not running enough. He, you know, this isn't the Weston that I knew. I showed him. I showed him. Yeah, you showed him. You I must have showed him. And uh, wow, he was just all over the place this whole game. Like the announcer said, you know, doesn't get tired. He did not get tired. He was picking up the ball, making great passes. His first touch was on point. He was working hard defensively. He was just all over the place. Same with Kellen Acosta, to be honest. Not so much offensively or really at all offensively, besides passing out to the wingbacks or to McKinney. Um, but he was all over the place defensively. Reyna, I thought it did a good job getting him behind, you know, trying to make stuff happen, but also tracking back and covering when need be. Um, I remember mm-hmm. one time in particular after Tim Ream got absolutely burnt, he was back there out of all people. And, you know, that, that says all, all needs to be said. Your right winger's covering for your left center back. That's he, he was working hard for the Stars and Stripes. And it was a real shame that he mm-hmm. got hit with a cup of rocks, or at least, you know, that's what I hope was in the cup if he went down like that. I thought but, it was. A, I think it was a can of Coke, like a full can I of Coke. I swear, it, it better not have been. No, it was. A, it was a cup. It was a paper cup of Coke. So that's why. That's why I hope it was rocks, because he went down. He went down hard. They looked concussed when he walked away from it. All like he needed the help walking back to the sideline. Looked dazed, confused. La-la-la. It was good for the cameras. It um, was good for. So the I hope cameras. he's okay though. Um, and he's fine, dude. He's fine. <laughs> it, it was good for the cameras and you know for people who are trying to know. make that tough tough decision when the next youtube fight rolls around that's a reason that's a reason um also in the first half several fights happened john brooks got a yellow card a cheap yeah i don't i don't really think it should have been a yellow i feel like it was a bit early for that the referee tried to steal the show but uh he needed to be a big personality in this game because it felt like every 10 minutes someone was grabbing somebody pushes somebody and it was it was just classic usa mexico right from the get yeah um his yellow in the 10th i think it was really kind of put him out of commission for like he said making that big influence like stepping in hard on someone when he needed to make the tone so that kind of sucked but uh mckinney got through the game cardless and he probably talked the most trash out of anyone on the entire field uh, he knew he knows how to get under people's skin. He knows how to not react brashly to when people try and get under his skin. You saw him trying to fist bump the referee. You saw him looking at the referee like with those googly it. eyes, uh, just being him and just kind of glue guy, glue guy material right there. And uh, it that's crazy that he's able to be calm and still put in a shift like this in a final. So great for him to see that. Kellen Acosta. Also picked up yellow, but I think the 85th minute when Adams and uh, the Jet came on and he went back to left back, his 35 minutes at left back were better than Tim Ream has probably ever played. And I he mean, wasn't even that good. He just did a compared to what Tim Ream did, like it would have been hard to be worse, but he stepped up. He did a decent job against Lionez, who was super shifty. And for being out of position, that's pretty commendable. But, yeah, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant, man, you know, this time last year where you're talking like the number nine was locked up, his all good to go. And uh, we didn't have the depth we had, but 
Not good, not good. He got subbed out right after he missed a chance, too, on a little rebound that he kind of just scuffed. So, it came in. Jordan didn't do much, but I do believe Jordan should have started from the get-go. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and especially with the Subby Legit point, going back to that. Not Subby Legit. Um, Colin Acosta. You know, right back CDM. That used to be his. That used to be the Kellen Acosta position in the very early days of Greg Ball. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, if, if if depending on how you know we need to play to play best, and I, I feel like they're going to figure that out. The more they play, the more competitive, hard games they play. World Cup twenty twenty two in particular. That's going to be, I feel like, the bit the biggest learning experience for this this group of this group of guys. Get there first. I, I, they're going to get there. Think it. Pay, bet it right now. Bet it right now. Bet the house on. I mean, um, that's what people said when I had to do was beat Trinidad and Trinidad last time. Well, or not lose to them. Bet the house on it. Um, going into the second half, Colin Acosta picks up his yellow. And um, 15 minutes too late. You know, actually, maybe like 30 minutes too late. You could have done this way earlier in the game, I think. Tim Way goes on for Dust, who's playing. I don't even know what position he was playing. He was playing like left. Yeah, he's just floating, not really doing shit. And um, Way gets on and immediately makes impact, gets on Mm -hmm. the end of the through ball, tries to put in a nice cross. Um, You know, he he was making stuff happen, going at people, showing some fancy footwork. Teckers, Tim Teckers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that happened. And then Tata Martino responds six minutes later, subbing in Luis, Luis uh, Romo for Carlos Rodriguez. That's a cool name. And um, Henry Martin Which one? In for Jesus Corona. Luis Romo. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. And fuck Tony Romo. I mean, fuck the ca- – I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Tony Romo. Don't tell anybody, though. It's like you kind of like Dak, but you don't – if Dak wasn't a cowboy, you'd actually like Dak. But like, maybe, No, that's maybe. actually not true. Yeah, um, yeah. We can redact that from the record. That's, that's <laughs> you certainly not true. You're, you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan who loves Dak Prescott. I do not love Dak Prescott. He's a good guy, though. But, you know, we, we start controlling the ball more, especially especially when Jordan Sebachu comes in. But, unfortunately, a minute later, Zach Steffen goes down with an injury, pulls up. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Look like a torn meniscus if I've ever seen one, and I have. Um, but you know, I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous to be honest because I look at this guy Ethan Horvath and I'm like, damn, he kind of looked like a scrub. Like he looks doofy as shit, dude. He has absolutely no drip. The tucked in shirt. He's clearly not built at all underneath that. Um, the shorts are awkwardly length because he's just a big lanky dude his his socks are above his knees his his legs are chicken legs he just looks so awkward and i'm like oh my god oh my god swag because he's all business though i thought genuinely i thought we were gonna lose the game i thought (laughs) we were gonna lose the game like right when right yeah no i had no hope at that moment in time but you know luckily Sabachu's getting more involved. Way's getting more involved. McKinney's still doing his thing, carrying the ball field. Reyna's going at people. Everybody's playing pretty well in the attack in the midfield. Defense still looks shaky as hell in the counters, especially the way they're trying to play those long balls over the top to Lozano. Like it was, 
it was giving people problems. Tim Ream, Tim Ream problems. Not that McKenzie looked like all that better, but Jesus, Tim Ream was getting skinned every time that they were going at him. And uh, to put the cherry on top of that Tim Ream theme, haha, Diego Linas goes in for um, Artuna. And um, not even a minute later, you know, first time he gets the ball, he takes Tim Ream wide, nutmegs him. I thought that was going to be a goal. It wasn't. Next time, Tim Ream. I do, I, I do not even understand what was going through his mind when he played this. I mean, he just got nutmegged, to be fair. So he was absolutely, he was shook. He was Mr. Krabs already. I don't know if there's a dead ball like before this happened. I don't think there was. No, there was. There was uh, after after he got mad. He should have been subbed out immediately after that. Greg should said, nope. He, Greg's a defender. He should know what's going through Tim Ream's old legs and mind. He gets put on absolute skates by Diego Linas. Fakes right, shimmies left. Peach of a finish. Absolute. Oh, it was so good. It was, it was really, really good by Diego Linas, I have to say. I did think Zach Steffen could have saved that. No he's shot. A bit, he's a bit more athletic, no but chance. but but I was I was possibly proven wrong. But it was, it was a great finish. Any any notes on Tim Ream getting skinned? Any of the subs? Zach Seven's injury. Yeah, it, I'll start with Ream. He played. Uh, yeah, he played bad. But like that particular goal, it kind of looked like he was caught in in between two minds. He wanted to go at him, and then, like you said, he remembered what just happened to him, and then he kind of backed off and did, like, a little chicken leg thing where he, like, kind of pat-pat instead of, like, trying to go for a standing tackle or something. I don't really know what it is. It's hard to describe because it was I don't so know. damn weird and so <laughs> bad. It looked like – okay, I got it. It looks like when you're playing, like, at the park with your friends and something, your friend, like, does a really bad fake shot and you get caught twice, and then, like, you just kind of are standing there. That's what he did. But he's a professional player. And then Linus just shot one bottom corner. Great goal. Um, but like you said, he should have been out. Should have been out. So maybe that goal wouldn't have happened. But great goal nonetheless. Uh, Stefan going down. That was tough. No contact. Don't really know what, what he hurt. I thought it was meniscus. his quad. I thought it was his quad at first. It's a meniscus. Right. Yeah. It was Philly fan. Got it. If they have lines on meniscus. Uh, yeah, yeah, but him going out there and rushing the crowd when uh they won, love that. Uh, no injury there, <laughs> but yeah, it's just sad to see him go down. Um, Horvath had a huge game, made like three crazy saves. One of them was offside, but it was probably my favorite save. He was one on one and just stopped him. Uh, but. I hear a lot of talk that this puts Horvath in front of Stefan now for the qualifiers. I've heard heard talk of that, and I just want to say that talk should stop immediately as long as Stefan's healthy. Uh, no disrespect to Horvath. Obviously, man of the match, the hero. Uh, but <laughs> Stefan plays more games than him as a backup. Than he does than he did for his club. So until he can get a move and start playing consistently, I don't think that should even be in the conversation. And that's no disrespect to him whatsoever. Because like I said, he he was hero, hero bath or something like that. 
Yeah. So a presidente. A presidente. I say. <laughs> Silencio, muchachos. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. The talk should stop. Not only because you know he he's not playing enough games as of right now, but also you know it was on full display last night. Like not not that he played bad. He played great. His hero, not the man of the match in my in my eye. We'll get to that, but he played amazing. He was the hero of the match. And, um, yeah, Zach Steffen, his distribution is just miles clear of Horvath. Um, he, he's quicker with the ball at his feet. He, he's more decisive and starting the break, which I think is a really underrated asset to a keeper's game, you know, being heads up, throwing them, throwing them the ball on the move. Ochoa is very, very, very good at his as well. Shout out him. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just an added dimension to your team, you know. Not to compare apples to oranges, but I'm gonna do it. it you know, it adds similar dimension to Man City's game with Ederson. That's why Zach Steffen is the heir to his throne. But um, you're enabling yeah. with all this Greg Ball to Pat. I Ball am an I, I I I am yeah. an enabler indeed, and I'm also an enabler of vibes because this this team has some fucking balls, dude. Like, oh my god, the way that they responded to to this. Amazing. They immediately go on the attack, win a corner, not even three minutes later. Weston McKinney does what he's been doing all night. Gio Reyna bags the assists off the set piece. This um, pseudo-zonal marking, man marking, mixed martial zoning. I don't know what it is that Tree does, but they need to stop doing it. They're not a large team in stature anyway, and um, – Weston McKinney's got bunnies, kid, and he absolutely mossed everybody. It was crazy. Um, and 2-2, USA gets the equalizer. Um, several times, though, on set pieces, on corners, the USA looked very dangerous, and uh, Ochoa made several just great, great saves, as did Horvath over the course of this game, to keep both of their team and Stefan, to keep both teams in the game just – Amazing goalkeeping on display from all three of them who played. And uh, just a big, big moment for the USA and Weston McKinney. And Gio Reyna, two stats. Yeah, yeah, huge moment. I just, yeah, I, you kind of said it all. Kind of said it all. You took the words right out of my mouth for that part. All right, then tell us about the subs again. The subs. The, the you said it right, the subs. The subs that changed the game for the USA put them into like a four, three, three, um, some variation of it. And just kind of don't want to say they controlled the game, but they look so much more solid. Adams looked calm on the ball, which was a really good sight for sore eyes after seeing uh, Acosta just kind of, you know, trying to get things out, super rushed. Um, and I do think Adams was probably the sub of the game besides Horvath, obviously. And I'd say it's him or Wea for coming on like that and, you know, way of putting the team on the front foot, but Adams controlling things, being that calming presence in the mid um, and kind of doing what we always knew he could do when he's healthy. So I think those two Greg got right. Uh, timing, as we've been saying, Reem should have came off earlier, but really proud, really proud of what Adams did for the national team yesterday. So I'd probably be, if we had to pick a sub man of the match that wasn't Horvath, I'd pick him. Yeah, no, the CONCACAF Conte had an absolute amazing match. He was all over the place, just making tackles left and right, calm on the ball, passing it well. 
I, I I love to see him back. It was a sight for sore eyes, especially with him being stuck out at right back half time over for Leipzig. What the fuck are y'all doing? It makes me very, it makes me question Nagelsmann. It makes me question how, if he's going to have success at Bayern. Because the fact that that guy is playing out at right back instead of being in the center of the pitch, running all over the place, controlling the tempo like he's capable of doing, is an absolute travesty. And I'm sick of it. But he put in a shift. And, and just uh, like Calum Costa did a job at left back, did an absolute job. Just like Greg used to do. He used to throw Adams at right backs sometimes. Fair enough. The Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, right back number six role to accommodate for Michael Bradley's slow ass and Giazzi Zardes being, I don't even know, a a less hardworking but not also not good Josh Sargent. Um, (laughs) Maybe a better passer. Anyway, before we get into extra time, of course there was – I did. No, it was disrespectful. I, he's not good at anything. No offense. Zardes is good at passing in the MLS and in CONCACAF against island teams. All right. We are back after some technical difficulties. I believe we touched on Tyler Adams and Kellen Acosta being subbed in, doing jobs for the teams. And uh, USA definitely has the momentum ending uh, the regular time period. Interesting caveat to the final, but a deserved one being what was to come. Uh, in the in the prior rounds of this tournament, it would have gone straight to penalties. Interesting from Concacaf Nations League, but yeah, we go into extra time. Carlos Salcedo and Hector in for Hector Moreno, Andres Guardado, El Capitan in for Hector Herrera. This was a much needed change because before stoppage time started, Herrera got a yellow, and right before he got subbed out. He slid into Ethan Horvath, and it should have been his second yellow card. should have been a red card. It was a blatant foul. Pulisic got a yellow card for it. No, he didn't. I don't know. Pulisic got a foul for it earlier in the game. It should have been a yellow card. I, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. It, it, was, it was a clear yellow card offense. It should have been a red card. The game should have been done, dusted, taken over. That's not what happened. Um, Where, you know. It's back and forth. Both teams are creating some dangerous stuff, but I feel like we still have the momentum. Reggie Cannon in for DeAndre Yedlin, who's uh, him and Weston McKinney had a scare. Weston was fine, though. Kept on running, gunning, doing his thing. Lozano picks up a yellow card for some chartoucherie. And um, the man who disappeared for most of the game, Christian Pulsick, picks up the ball. Takes on four defenders, draws the foul. They go to VAR. It saves our ass. Um, what do you think? Was this a penalty? No, I don't think it was. I don't think I'm not mad that they called it one, but uh, I think he was. He had the right away. You know, he got his body across, um, and he did play the ball. So I really I think it's a bit harsh. What I thought it was on the guy didn't cut across, but who they called it on, I don't agree with. Wait, what? You, you, were, you were lagging. Can you say that again? Yeah, so I don't think it was a penalty. Um, he got his body across him, and he played the ball. I had originally thought that the penalty was called on the player on Pulisic's left, I thought he may have stuck his foot out once he got beat, 
and then caused Pulisic to tumble. But there was no contact from him. So in my opinion, don't think it was a penalty thought. It was just, you know, kind of a play on moment. Yeah. Um, I honestly, man, I could have seen it going either way. Like it was a bit soft. I'll say that. Yeah. It could have been called either way. And and I feel like Europe's top five leagues. It just feels how the depends how the ref is feeling that day. And um he was feeling frisky. I guess the argument for it is he did make contact with his body before he made contact with the ball, but it, it wasn't like a trip. It was, it was him getting in front of Pulisic trying to play the ball. So it, it really just depends on the referee in the day. And uh, mm. this referee on this day had the USA's back for that moment. And um, what a penalty. Oh my God. Captain America just absolutely Top bins, man. Top bins, like he said in his post presser, just with absolute astounding amount of confidence. It, it was, it was amazing. He said, "Why not put it top bins? Why not? Perfect thing. No, why why not? not put it top bins?" I'm telling. He watched the Villarreal Manchester United game. Sorry to bring up old wounds, but he he watched Villarreal slot all those top bins, and he was like, "Why not top bins? You know, why not? Can't save it. Yeah. Didn't have a chance." Spider-Man would have had a hard time with that save. Superman, the Flash. You put anybody you want in net, they're going to have a hard time saving that penalty because it was top bins. It was absolutely amazing. Ice in his veins, takes off the shirt, shushes the crowd, gets a myriad of things thrown at him. Everybody's hype. We're all fucking, oh, my God. It was amazing. I was so hype. I was, I was so, oh my, how, how did you feel in this moment? I was, I was happy. Super happy for about 10 seconds. And then I looked back at the clock and was like, wait, nah, something like, nah. There's still way too much time, uh, especially all the stoppages and fights and little skirmishes that went on in extra time. To be wait, you're lagging. The time they sallied, he got the yellow for taking the shirt off, rightfully so. Yo, you, you lagged a little bit. Do you want to say that again? Yeah, from where? Do you want to just, like, start from the beginning? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I I was happy. I was really happy. And then I kind of looked at the clock after about five seconds. Thought, damn, there's still time for Mexico to come out and make a statement. You know, they're going to be on the front foot. They're throwing everything forward now because they have to. And our defending hasn't been too hot. So uh, I was kind of worried, but very happy at that time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, honestly, man, I'm – I'm an idiot, so I, I wasn't worried at all. I was like, bet, we fucking won this game. That's it. Done and dusted. Let's go home with the fucking trophy already. Might as well fucking stanky leg it out now. You know, get the get the podium out, get the ribbons, whatever you need. And um, but as is, you know, I you know, this is why this game was such an amazing game, because there was always more to be had. Um, you know, there are a lot of fights. A lot of extra time going to be added before any of that even happened. Um, Andre Scordato. 
man of the match for the USA. Just kidding. That's that's kind of mean. But um, what it was off a set piece, right? The uh, penalty came. Uh, it was it was a corner, and then they played it in, and then someone shot it, and then it hit yeah. off of McKenzie's hand. Uh. It was, um, you know, bit, you know, in Syria, that's a penalty in the Prem. I feel like that could go either way. Uh, you know, Abby, maybe he could have put his arm, you know, directly against his against his sides. You know, really just clinched it up tight. Yeah, and, but and, um, and jump like a board. Yeah, maybe put his hands yeah. behind his back, Magalaj style, you know, the Arsenal way. But um, he didn't do that because he's a normal human being. And um, it, it was it was a harsh penalty, but, you know, so was the pool sick one. So, oh, and, you know, I just want to go back to the pool sick penalty. All the shithousery that the, the L-Tree pulled, they were, you know, scuffing up the penalty spot, getting around pool sick, talking to him, trying to mess him up. He didn't care. But you know what we did in turn, and this also showed some real character and why I really, you know, got to tip my hat to Kellen Acosta in particular. We're around him. He is in his ear. He's just chatting with him. He's, he's you know, maybe, I don't know. What do you think he was saying? Was he talking shit? Like, hey, don't miss, don't miss. It was like, hey, good game. Nice weather out here. Denver, right? You, you which, which way are you going to go? Yeah, because, you know, he's from the city. You know, he's Make got him a lot, think. you know. Make him think. Yeah, you know, he's telling them what they're, yeah. they're going to do later. You know, he's, he's doing his thing. But then when everybody gets in his face, he's like, whoa, what do you mean? What was I doing? I was just talking. I just, this is my guy. Like, you know, what do you mean? He, you know, played against him a bunch of time. coast has been in the system a while. Guardado been in the system since the 80s. And, um, you know, it was good. It was good shithousery. And I think it, I think it worked. Because unlike Captain America, Christian Pulisic, ice in his veins, Game winner, odds to fire, haters, silencer. Guardado did not put it top bins. This was not top bins. It wasn't a bad penalty. It wasn't a good penalty. And um, yeah. Ethan Horvath, hero of the match, El Presidente, made the save of his life in the moment of his life. Christian Pulisic, before he did it, went up to him. He, he definitely told him something crazy absolute most craziest thing he's ever been heard in his whole life and it just got him absolutely juiced to make that save and i was absolutely juiced when he made that save i screamed i was like oh my oh my god it, it was it was amazing it was, it was amazing it was i it was amazing yeah yeah uh i actually think on the contrary to that i think he just went up to him and said Good job. Save it. You got it. Some like that, like some quick, some short. And when the penalty was called, they showed a quick little clip of it. Uh, Horvath had the ball, and he just calmly walked up and handed it to Guardado and then walked back to the goal. And I was like, damn, that's, that's stone cold. Imagine, like, because, you know, they normally throw it at you. They roll it back to you, make you go get it. It's like, nah. Take it. Good luck. And then he walked back and put his nuts on the table and saved a sick pen. Well, not a sick pen, but had a sick pen saved. So, uh, and then to bounce right back up and everyone not getting caught in the moment and still defend afterwards for, I think, about 15, 20 seconds with the ball bouncing around uh, with emotions high. 
solid, solid uh, all around, and rightfully so that they dogpiled on him after he caught the wayward cross. I know it was uh, it was so awesome, and everybody was so hyped for him. It, it really, you know, just another instance besides the the ten others throughout the game in the form of scuffles, shithousery, um, bouncing back after going down, showing some some real fight. They did it again, and they showed you know real team spirit, a passion, a, a willingness to play for each other and for the badge, and it was just it was just amazing to see out of the, out of the boys. And um, after this big play was made, they saw the they saw the game out accordingly. Not too much uh, to write home about. Some fouls here and there, you know, it was it was cagey. There was a lot of added time because of several instances of yeah. you know the game having to stop for different reasons um and eventually referee blew the whistle that was it the usa were crowned champions the first ever of the concacaf nations league we took home the gold just like we should this was a this was a great measuring stick in terms of you know how much this team can actually do and um i don't know it it was we, it wasn't it wasn't a great game because you know we didn't you know play well with the ball not that we really could have or should have but we didn't and um, we got our chances on the break there's a cheeky goal here or there a call our way but there's calls their way as well and at the end of the day I think more than the performance that they put in because it, it wasn't all that it wasn't it wasn't you know something to be blown away by but the the character and the fight and the the effort that they showed really was something just like that was amazing to see from this group. Yeah, um, the trophy's always good, good to hold, good for pictures, good for photo ops. But uh, the more valuable thing, gonna be super cliche here, is the lessons learned. Uh, a final's a final, no matter where it is, which way you slice it. And to play in one for the first time as this group's really ever been together, you don't remember when Adams and Pulisic and McKinney all took the field together at the same time. Um, to them to go out and do it in their first real one kind of gives them a taste of what's to come, gives them a taste of what they want in life. Like, obviously, the World Cup or a Gold Cup or a Copa America, if they get invited, would taste better. But just this little taste is going to leave them wanting more and to fight back being down a goal twice um, and being resilient enough to keep coming back and keep fighting against your rival that it's going to tell them that we can do it no matter what position we're in. Uh, and we'll, they probably have belief through the roof. Even when they go back to clubs, you're going to see people who may be on fringes on spots and they're going to be like, I want an international trophy. Like, I can do this. Like, I was a part of that. And then they might fight harder there. And I just think it's going to be a good good stepping stone for what is to come in the future for this team. To that point in particular, Juventus, you saw that, right? You, you, y'all saw that, right? Y'all, you guys saw that? All right, good. If this man is not your every game Serie A Champions League starter, you guys are doing something wrong. He he needs the to be given Ronaldo the keys. Wants out. You need to give this man the keys to the midfield, bro. You need to. I don't. I don't care. 
I don't I don't care what anybody yeah. has to say. Don't at me. Give Weston McKinney the keys. Um, he's my man in the match, to be honest. Got the got the goal to equalize. Um, was all over the place defensively and carrying the ball of the field. Had several big chances created. Um, if it wasn't for Joshy Boy being inept at everything that he did, uh, he probably could have gotten an assist. Had multiple chances to have goals, but Ochoa was just making wonder save after wonder save on the on the corners. But yeah, and, and for a nice selly, you know, obviously Star Wars is better and always will be better than Harry Potter. But mm. if you're gonna have a nerdy celebration, then I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy you as a player. And uh, it's just the cherry on top. I, I love Weston. I'm sorry that I ever doubted your work rates. You're clearly, you're clearly a brick shit house who can run a hundred miles an hour for a hundred minutes in the midfield man of the match. What about you? I, I'm going to give it to Horvath. Um, it's tough enough to, you know, play in a final. I can only imagine what it's like coming on cold after the starting keeper goes down hurt and you're coming thrown into a rivalry game iced and just having to come up big multiple times and having to come up huge with what should have been or what would have been one of the last kicks of the game. So I, I got to give it to him. Just wow. He couldn't have played better in my eyes. He could not have played better for everything considered. Yeah, no, that's that's a valid man of the match. He could not have played better. It was a big moment to step in. It's so tough to do, especially when he's not playing at the club. Like he, he just this is this was so tough given all of his circumstances, and he just stepped up to the plate and put in a big, big performance. So, yeah, valid man of the match. Um, who are your biggest winners and losers from the U.S. men's national team? After you know this game and the last after after these two games, um, I'm gonna say hmm, I'll start with the biggest loser, and I'm going to say just because he's already a loser, I'm not gonna say Tim Ream, but he is deep down we all know we all know he was, but we I'll all go with made it. that sub. Yeah, we all would have made that sub, uh, but I'll say Mark McKenzie. He didn't play terrible against Honduras. He played very bad against Mexico, even though he did come up with a couple of big blocks and clearances um, and had some moments. And he's clearly talented. But he got just, megged. He got megged. Mental mistakes. You can have physical mistakes. That happens. Unless mental it goes mistakes. between your legs. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But mental mistakes are uh, aren't something that you should be having at this level. Uh, that pass he should have he should have known. You can't dilly dally on the ball. Kick it as hard as you can. Kick it as hard as you can in any direction. Just don't try and when you try and be cute after being like that, it's just going to end badly. And it did. And kind of a precursor for the night. Besides those little things and the penalty, I'm not going to get on him for. But because I mean. What do you want him to do? So, but yeah, I'd say he's my loser. What about you? Uh, my loser is definitely Serginho Dest. I don't think he's necessarily in danger of losing his spot yet, but he needs to step it the hell up because he's 
he's supposed to be, you know, one of the creative forces on the team in what he does getting forward. And he showed that he can do that in, in some other games. But uh, in this in this iteration of his stint with the U.S. men's national team, just have not seen enough from him. He's, he's disappeared in the last two games. He doesn't play defense, so that's not why he's on the pitch. So he, he either needs to improve that part of his game or start doing what he's supposed to be doing. And if he can't do one of those two things, then he can't play for us. Like, give me, give me Robinson Cannon because they can both get out and get back. Not Neither of which nearly as good as uh, Desk going forward, but he's a liability having him, uh, having him in a defensive role. And if he's not going to be creating, then he he just is doing nothing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I only reason I didn't give it to him was because I want to see Greg play him as a right wing back. You know, his position, and in a big game, not a big game, but like for most of the game, and not having switch sides halfway through like he's done before. But that's the only reason why. But I wholeheartedly agree. He's not a good defender. And uh, he just kind of seemed lazy, you know, where he makes a couple good runs a game, but that's about it. So stuff needs to change there, but I would like to see him in a normal position. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would too. Um, and, you know, it, the thing about that is that, that would mean Anthony Robinson needs to start performing for us like he does with uh with Fulham but I don't necessarily think he's been given a proper chance yet hopefully he he gets that soon I feel like that could be the answer if we're playing a back three Brooks um Richards that third center spot back spot up for grabs I'll take Matt Miazga at this moment in time but uh yeah that's definitely my loser for the camp um my winner though my winner, this one's tough. Not really, though. It's got to be Gio Reyna. He was, he was creating all over the pitch versus Honduras. He got two stats in this game. Um, big, big game for the kid. Got, got hit with a couple rocks. You know, hopefully he's okay. Um, just, you know, absolutely stunning camp. Showed that, you know, when – Teams are going to play Christian Poole sake like they're going to play him. You know, Honduras and Mexico did the same thing. They always had a midfielder dropping on them. They had a, they had a wingback or a fullback in behind that space. You know, that's what kept Des from really getting on the ball and Poole sick. Both teams made a concerted effort when they played the USA to stop Poole sick because he is that good. And um, he had a little moment of magic to draw the pen, but he was otherwise shut down. And um, Reyna, that opens up opportunities on the other flank. And Weah, when he got his time, they were able to create. And that other spot's going to be big. And if we can have Reyna and Weah and whoever's playing on the opposite flank of Christian Pulisic being almost as, if not as dangerous as him, it's just going to mean big, big things for the whole team because you can't do both. You, you can't do both. Unless you keep playing Josh Sargent at nine. Then – you probably can get away with doubling up on both the wings because you you could put you could put Tata Martino out there and he's probably gonna lock down Sergeant well enough. But yeah, yeah. Reyna Reyna won the camp for me. Yeah, I agree. Um I'll say a different player, just so we don't have uh, the same answer. I'll go with the other guy you mentioned, Wea. 
Um, one of my favorite players. I think he came on, did exactly what I think Greg told him to do. Um, get in there, go on the front foot, use your pace, use your dribbling, put balls in, uh, hustle, get back. Made some good blocks in the last couple minutes of the games back on the top. So like you were saying with Reyna earlier, wingers willing to get back and work hard um, says a lot. And he did some of that too. Um, and especially going into this summer with Lil, he didn't play too much. Um, nursing his double hamstring tear, which is not good. But uh, he got back and he started getting into the swing of things. And there's going to be some outs in Lil. The manager's gone. Players are certainly going to be gone. Uh, so it's a big summer for him going up, and I have to think that this game and this camp gave him some confidence to move forward and, you know, grab his uh, position with Lil uh, by the scruff of the neck. So good job, Timo. Yeah, Lil's going to have a fire sale this summer. So mm-hmm. hopefully, um, you know, especially Renato Sanchez, I, I hope, you know, someone buys him. And, you know, Way can get in on that right wing back mid spot you know, play on the right side, not really a wing back, but, you know, in the right side of the attacker role. Or maybe he can grab a spot at winger, who knows, or a striker if they sell uh, sell, sell yeah. one of their two options. Who knows? Why not throw way um, up there instead of sergeant? I would have been about it. I, yeah, 100%. I would have too. Um, I don't know how great his holdup play is, but uh, definitely getting in behind on those chances. And uh, the, the thing about Sargent is like, it, especially when Dest was on the field and not doing a goddamn thing defensively and Reem was getting skinned, it was good to have an extra body back there making plays defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in turn, when he won the ball back, looked like he had no idea what he was doing. So, you know, we were talking about this a week ago. Bundesliga 2 might not be such a bad thing for Josh Sargent. Yeah. Get on the ball more. Work on your skills. Mm-hmm. Another guy that maybe – I'm going to put this out there. He's still young-ish, about to be entering, if not in his athletic prime. Kellen Acosta. I feel like he should – some his agent should be working for a low-level European move, maybe to the Belgium, uh, Austria, the Eredivisie on a – you know, maybe not Ajax – but, you know, not Ajax, but, you know, one of the other <laughs> big club, maybe Farnwood or something like that, Michelin. Um, but I, I think if he picked up the pace of the European game, he has the athletic tools to be a solid player. And I was, I was really impressed with his, his leadership, his work rate, his defensive skills, and um, his shithousery more than all on, on the penalty. I thought that was great to see him in his face. I thought that was going to be a Weston moment. But then Kellen's in the picture, and I'm like, I like, okay. this, guy. I like this guy a lot. Um, what's yeah. one thing that you wish you saw more from the from the U.S. men's national team? Uh, that's a great question. One thing I really wish that I saw more was it reminded me so much of early stage United. They they didn't wake up until you know later into the game for a big game, you know, some players were playing well, others really weren't. Um, if they just start to finish, they ended it super hard. And for most of the game, they were playing really, really well, like hustling, like with passion, but they didn't really start off that way. So that would be one thing I think. And then calmness, they, some players just panic, panicky when they touch the ball. Um, they got to, re- they're okay. Like they can calm down. Like, 
just relax and things will work out. So those would probably be the two things that I would want to see more of as like a unit. But uh, yeah, what about you? Um, I, I wish I saw more units, Musa, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, obviously it would have been nice to cap tie him. Um, if, uh, you know, he's been playing as an eight recently. He plays his wing for, for his club. He's good at progressing the ball of field. Is he as good as uh, an able passer as McKinney, Adams, Acosta, Leggett? I, I don't think so. I haven't seen it for Valencia. But then again, that is a much higher level of club than Leggett and Acosta are playing at. So there's an argument to be made there. But it, it, he, he's an athlete. He's dangerous. And I want to see more of him. Also, Florian Balagun and um, Owen Arasoe, get them in the team as soon as possible. As far as I'm concerned, that, 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 that second number eight spot is up for grabs, whether it's Musa, Leggett, Acosta in a, a year maybe. He, or, he can be the Swiss Army knife for the team. He can fill yeah, he in, can super do a job. Super he can do yeah, a job. Do a job. Extra time, about, do a job. All right, I like that. Adesoe, you know, he's played mm-hmm. that exact position, that right center mid role for Wolves. Mm-hmm. In the Premier League. So I, I feel like that position, number nine, a center back, and potentially both fullbacks are being competed for, which is a good thing in, in some yeah. ways and a bad thing in other ways. Competition breeds excellence. Um, another does. name I want to throw out there for the eighth spot who was with the team this camp did not see the field, Julian Green. Coming off a great season in Bundesliga 2, getting his team promoted, scoring in the game that secured them promotion to the top flight. Um, he used to be our Poulsen. He used to be our boy wonder. And he kind of fell off with Bayern, got his move down, and he found his feet, and he's doing really well for himself. He's another creative guy, really good on the ball, good passer, good finisher. He can work pretty hard if asked to do it. And uh, he would give us that more – attack-minded option next to the defensive Adams and the hard-working McKinney. So I think I would have loved to see that midfield three. I like Julian Green. Um, and I think, you know, he's still pretty young. I believe he's 25 or 26. He's about to go into his prime. So uh, And he's going to be in the Bundesliga. He's going to face real competition, so we'll get a better look at him. But um, he's a name that I'd watch out for, and I'd love to see get a shot in qualifiers. Or the Gold Cup. You can let him play in the Gold Cup, too. He, he is a solid player. My only concern with Julian Green is that he, he predominantly plays just, like, on the left side of Firth. And, um, you know, obviously he could play that left side of number eight. You know, he would be staggered off to the left anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, here, here's what I think. In my perfect world, Owen Adesoe gets more skilled and he basically becomes Weston McKinney number two. And we – because I just want a clone of Weston McKinney, to be honest. I think that would be the perfect setup for the midfield. Because you say Julian Green is more attack-minded. And he might be. We'll see in the Bundesliga when he goes out there. But Weston McKinney is, is skillful. He, he, yeah. People just – it just doesn't fit the narrative because he's out there running 20 kilos in the match. Like, he's just – he's out there working hard. <laughs> that he has a decent first touch. Yes. <laughs> and, and and he can score uh, too. He he was the leading scorer from midfield and at Juventus. So, and they're in the yeah. Champions League next year, and he's going to get the keys 
he should get the damn keys to the midfield and he'll score even more. Um, Marston McKinney for double figures next year in Serie A. Bet it today, right now, while it's hot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd want another Weston McKinney, and I think Owen Adesoe has the tools to grab that by the scruff. Could that be Musa? It could. I haven't seen it though. Like that's a, like I'm. I've seen Owen Adesoe do that and do it well. Yeah. I haven't seen Eunice Musa do that. I saw him be a substitute winger and provide some very dangerous moments, some moments of brilliance, taking people on on a relatively bad team. And he's done that against some CONCACAF competition in with the USA. He looks good picking up the ball, driving at people. And I right now I think his best role is, is, is as a super sub. Could be better utilized off the bench, if at all. But from what I've seen right now, I, I don't think he fits he fits the profile just yet. And maybe he does though. Maybe he does. And if he gets more run, he can he can prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I think he could be. Um, because I feel you can teach things. Um so it's like if you're a hard working player that has some skills, like you said, Adeso is a very hard working player and he can get more talented. I th- my personal opinion, when driving at players, I don't – outside of Pulisic and Dest on his day, I don't think there's a better person at going at someone on the field than Musa. Um, I think his ball control is excellent. I think he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet, and so is most of the team. But he could add another, like, dynamic to the team because he's so direct. And that's kind of – we saw that with Wea. When Wea came on, that side of the field was much more direct. And uh, that could be good to get him on, but I definitely see uh, what you're saying. Yeah, or or who knows? Maybe maybe Reyna could pop in and Wea could also start for some games. I don't know if that will work for the big, big boys, but um... – Yeah, like when you play the uh, – like Jamaica's, the uh, Antigua's. Yeah, you're going to control those... the ball. Maybe yeah. a cheeky group stage game in the World Cup, not against, not against the European elite, against not like against Germany, Mexico, not even Portugal. against Mexico for the time being. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd throw out all the ballers against one of those big teams because not Mexico. I'd play Mexico to our strengths, but let's say we go up against France in the group stage. Mm-hmm. What the hell do we have to lose? The game. No, what? What were the, we going to win it? Our best. Were we going to win it anyway? We could. No, no. Let's go we at could. it. Could. France is going to expect you to sit back. They're going to expect you to let them. I already, I'm I'm going to say this right now. (laughs) Do you remember how Man City knocked out PSG of the Champions League? Yeah. Well, besides Mbappe being hurt in the one game when he was not hurt, Um, the key factor in winning that leg was Kyle Walker doing a job on Mbappe. And you know what? Anthony Robinson can do that same job. Put him on the fullback, whichever side Mbappe's on, he's on. Be like, yo, dog, this is you. This is you right here. Shut him down. We play Acosta, Adams, McKenney. Oh, God. Um, we got Brooks, Richards, Reggie Cannon, oh. Matt Miazga, and then. No Yedlin? Pool sick and way. Pool sick and way. Just doing things up top. Just running. <laughs> yeah. 
They're just going to try and play direct to him. We're going to sit back. We're going to hope for a nil-nil. And we're going to hope we're going to hope for a nil-nil or set pieces. Because I'm not – obviously, France is – they got super freaks on that team, several of them. Mm-hmm. McKinney got bunnies, though. And he will moss anybody in the world. He'll jump Varane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll get in Conte's head. That's what he'd do. And the CONCACAF Conte would do a job in the midfield. Oh, God. Yeah, I could, I could see that working against the, uh, the likes of them. But uh, like you said, we should probably stick to the, what we do against those teams. I was just kind of being optimistic. Don't think Greg will ever listen to it. Don't think talk, chalk talk, you know. You should, though. So, you should. after this game, and, you know, are you still Greg out? Yes, 10,000%. 10,000%. No, See, I'll I, say 100 since 10,000 is not practical. I wholeheartedly disagree because he may not have got it right tactically, but this team is still young. This group is relatively new, and there's, there's some growing pains to go through. You know, he had the Simeone quote the last week. The game is about suffering. You have to suffer to learn, and you do. And this game was about suffering a little bit, learning from it, and bouncing back stronger for it as a team. And, and that's what they were able to do. It took him a little long to make the substitutions. The Tim Ream one and the Des one, I think, were fairly obvious for anybody that was watching the game. One dude's getting skinned. One dude's not helping them. They're on the same side. The dudes are not helping them, not doing anything. Something needed to change. And you got five subs and then a sixth and extra time. Like, you can get it wrong again and still fix it. So, I feel like that should have been made sooner. But really, when Weston McKinney scored the equalizer and after the match, the way everybody ran to Greg, hugged him, passion, every time that there's a dead bar, a little stoppage, someone's over in his ear talking to him, whether it's pool sick, Weston – not only do they trust the man, they believe in him, and they play for him. He may not be the best tact. No, he's not the best tactically. Tato Martino is obviously a better manager than him, and the game started by them outplaying us. Delena's sub was another instance of Tata being like, hey, that guy, go get him. He definitely told him, like, yo, mm-hmm. you set him up, do him, bada-bing, bada-boom, 2-1 Mexico. That was – he got outclassed, but it, it's not always about having the best tactics. It's about man management. It's about motivation. And I don't think you can, I don't think anybody can say that these group of kids did not leave their heart out on the field, not only for the badge, but for Greg, because mm-hmm. all the way back in Trinidad and Tobago, that was not the case. That's, no. that's, that's not something that no one wanted just to play happens. For Bruce. No one wanted to play for Bruce, but these kids want to play for Greg. And, you know, obviously we got to see how the World Cup goes mm-hmm. when we make it. And I feel like for now, I'm, I'm, I'm Greg in. I'm Greg in because the boys, the boys obviously love him. And if, as long as that's happening and everybody's pouring their heart out on the field like that, I'm, I'm cool with him at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. I, told, I completely agree with the, you know, the playing hard the playing for him, the trusting him. There's no doubt. There shouldn't be a doubt in anyone's mind that those things are true. They're all factual and they love playing for him. It's just, you can win so much with the talent you have on the field. 
you can win so much by working hard and man management is obviously important, but look at a team like England pound for pound. One of the most talented rosters in the world. They haven't won Jack under a terrible manager tactically. They've never won Jack. They won. They won in 1966 against West Germany. So, I mean, in England, right? I believe so. Yeah. In Uruguay, I won <laughs> when it was in Uruguay, bro. Enough of this crack shit World Cup. Well, Actually, I, let me not say that. Let me not say that. Yeah, because the one's... USA is gonna win one in the USA <laughs> in 2026. Hold up. <laughs> but, <laughs> I just undermined the whole podcast. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> it's like we're there's no doubt we're talented. I don't think Greg and nor do I think he should get fired before 2022. I don't think that's the case. I think they should ride it out with him at least to qualifying. If he doesn't make it, you're obviously out. You make it, you give him to the end of the World Cup. Without and saying, then, yeah. And then reassess. Um, but I think for that team in 2026, that's still, what, like six years, seven, five years away. Mass isn't my yeah. thing. But uh, to get to that, to hoist that World Cup trophy, as much as those players probably want and as much as I want deep down it to be Greg standing next to them, it won't be, and it can't be, because he's he's going to run up against some of the smartest managers in the world that make Tata Martino look like an idiot. And Tata had had it going for him last night, like in, in parts. He outclassed him. So I just think we're here. We can get to here with Greg. I'm doing hand things. You guys can't see it. We're at a five with Greg. I think we can get to a seven with Greg, but to get to the 10 to reach the world cup can't be with Greg. Cause he himself at the moment isn't fully there. He can learn. He can definitely learn. I'd love him to learn, but I don't think that's, I don't think it's a possibility with him here unless he progresses as well as the players. And that's, I feel like that's the key to what you said about we have time. He's, he's, yeah. this is a learning experience for him and the players. And I'm, you know, people might make fun of this and, you know, the, the Europeans out there, but uh, CONCACAF is different. And I feel like you have to have a manager with some type of CONCACAF background as a manager and or player. You cannot, you cannot go into these, into these animal houses of stadiums on the road and, and not know what it's about. You have to know what it's about to, yeah. to manage the players through it. The USA haven't won a road game in Costa Rica ever, and there's a reason for that. I think we've only won two times in Azteca. So that's uh, yeah. a lot of tough places to play in CONCAV. I feel like you need someone with experience. Greg has the right ideas in mind, I think, in terms – he knows what – he knows what good football is supposed to look like. I like how he made the change. I like how he's learned some things, you know, like mm-hmm. Adams. He's not, not a right, a right back. back. <laughs> he's a, he is a CDM. McKinney, he's, he's better utilized when he has more freedom to go with the field. He recognizes Des talent. Pulisic and Reyna, he's a great recruiter. So I feel like there's time, and as long as we see a consistent improvement in the team, yeah, with Greg in charge, we will be able to peak and win the World Cup. And obviously, this is all out the window if 
if we don't get out the group in 2022. I feel like this team should be more than good enough to get out the group in 2022. Yeah. Unless they get absolutely boned with the group and they have like two big, big dogs in in the group with them. Well, I mean, they've already made it out of a group of death. So they have, but that was with, that was with grown men veterans, which is what they're going to be in 2026. So 26. So no, no, twenty two though. Twenty two though, they're not going to be grown men vets. So all, all of them. Our star is going to be a twenty four year old man. That's not no. That's not a vet though. Like that's still that's a, you're still he, by that still time, a young buck. By that time, yes, you, he will no. have had eight years of European professionally. But that's just the soccer timeline. He's still not a vet. Like he's still no. He has. He's not going to have been there. Like, that's why I don't like though. calling them kids anymore. I don't like calling them. They, but they are. That's the young, thing. Like you have kids, to, but they're not kids. They're but there's, no, they're, they're very now. young in their professional careers. I think we're babying them too much. No. No, there's, so, there's still so much room to grow and even do more things. But, but, is, but at, at max, at maximum, Christian Pulisic, by the time next World Cup ro- rolls around, will have won what? One more Premier League, maybe a Champions League. He's got one more season in him at Chelsea for the next World Cup. Mm-hmm. So – that's only one more season of learning and experience compared to five more till 2026. Like the, these, and, and none of them are going to be over the hump. Maybe John Brooks is going to be fucking limping around out there by then, but who knows? It might be Che Richards, the Bayern duo and the Amer. Stop. Cool. Cool it down. Cool it down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. There's so much room to grow for this team and the manager. Yeah. No, the future at the moment seems bright. Seems very bright. Seems very, very bright. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's the whole game, right? Seems like it. Um, All right. Oh, no, yeah, Mexican fans, you suck. Um, why are you throwing stuff at players? Oh, you yeah, players nah, fuck that shit. And, and the what? homophobic chants. Won't have Not, it. Yeah, won't we won't have it. it. But for clarification... It's Clear, not for educational purposes. It's not homophobic. It's not, but it is a bad. Can thing we to have the can, as a as a Colombian American male? Can you give us the literal translation of of the chants that were? Uh... Yeah. So um, they go, "Oh puto," which means <laughs> "oh bitch." I mean, it's a little female dog. That's uh, just a translation. But doesn't seem homophobic to me. Doesn't. Um, it's just a bad it's word. Soft. Who stops the game? Who makes the call on that? Is that, think, is that was that the sir? I think it was like a Concacaf, like thing, like a preset uh, thing. That if they in New York, <laughs> that, that if they hear it, then the referee gets buzzed, okay. and then he's like, "Stop it!" And then he has to stop it, and then he just makes the players stand in the middle of the field doing nothing for five minutes. And if it were to happen again. They would have went to the locker room for 15 minutes and then come back out. And then if it were to happen again, they would have had to play tomorrow or today. I, I do agree with the protocol. It, it will deter uh, actual racist and or homophobic yeah. chance, but this was not one of them. And um, But, you know, it just added to the entertainment value. Again, I hate to harp on this point. If you watch a YouTube fight over this, 
a rig. You were out of your mind. Fight. It was rigged. You were uncultured. I don't understand it. But um, Lloyd literally held Logan up. He held him up after he knocked him out, yeah. so the fight wouldn't end. And you guys I mean, watched hey, if that. They, if any of our listeners are still here at this point, then we know you guys watch that shit. So shout out you guys. You're cultured. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it, it, perfect tangent though. We're not. I, I don't even want to talk about the the fixed fight between Logan and Paul. I still haven't watched Logan and Paul. I'm not even correct myself. Fuck that. What else happened in the sports? Uh, Joel Embiid tore his meniscus. Um, yeah. Yep. I and said last episode that he should be rest. No, no, no. I said last episode bring out the brooms, and then he tore his meniscus. Yeah. We've since talked, and I, I want them to rest him. Not the case. He's playing through the pain. Looked fine last night, though. Obviously, you know, little, little gimpy in one camera angle. What are you going to do? He, it's a torn meniscus. He, he's playing through it. Um, I, I mean, maybe not play. Just no, to... I mean, it's, it's apparent. The team doctors say it's not going to get any worse. And the team it's not doctors gonna get, get a ring, worse. too. They get a ring. It's not going to get any worse until it gets any worse. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Sixers and six. We won the second half after the Danny Green adjustment was made. What adjustment? Good things happened. Secondary adjustment. We need to stop with these all bench lineups. Like at least keep Tobias Harris in there, even if he's not doing shit. This is we cannot have we cannot have Milton Hill, Thibel, Dwight Howard, and fucking. Tyrese Maxey. We cannot have them. That that cannot be the line. Hey, I heard three all-stars in there. Maxey's pretty Milton, good. George Hill's Maxie. doing okay. Shake Milton is uh, really <laughs> struggling these playoffs. And Dwight. As long as we avoid the all-bench lineup, the notorious, illustrious Doc Rivers all-bench lineup, and Danny Green does not have any part of guarding Trey Young ever again in his NBA bad. career. Uh, it was really out. bad. They kept well, he kept getting him with the same goddamn move. Yeah, Both go right, screen, cross come over, back left. Done, easy. Like it was so, it was inept. It was inept. <laughs> what I like though, Ben Simmons figured out later in the game that oh, Boban can't guard me. Oh, Trey Young probably can't guard me either. He needs to be very much more aggressive in the. Uh, what did he shoot from the line again? Uh, three of ten, thirty percent market improvement from. Uh, Marketable improvement from when it was first brought to my attention. He started 104. No, he started 0 of 2. Then went on 104. Finished 3 of 10. For those of you who aren't good at the math, that's called improvement. That's called the grind. It's called working hard. It's called practice makes perfect. Perfect makes practice. Sixers and six. How did the Bucks drop game one when James Harden went out? They shot terribly. They shot so bad. Is that going to happen again? I mean, it happened in the first game against the Heat. And then in game ins- one, yeah, yeah. What ensued was three straight absolute blowouts. Uh, I do. I think they play today. I'm I'm almost positive. Um, I I think yeah, seven thirty. Yeah, the Bucks and the Nets play. Are you going to be tuning into that matchup? I probably will be. I probably let's get a prediction. Let's get a prediction. <laughs> Who's taking game two of the Bucks Nets series? It's going to be the I'll, – I'll lay it all out here. Game yeah. one, Nets. Two, Bucks. Three, Bucks. Four, Bucks. Five, Brooklyn. Six, Milwaukee. Milwaukee and six to go face 
the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I loved all of it up until that point, so I'm just <laughs> going to lay mine out right back at you. Obviously, we saw the Atlanta Hawks take game one. Sixers are taking two and three. Hawks will get four to even the series. Everybody's going to start talking about it. The lines are going to go crazy. Six are going to be underdogs. Boom, two straight. Sixers and six. You heard it here first. John B is going to make it out of the series scot-free. He might have a little fall at some point. That's me knocking on wood. God bless you, Joel. And um, so, you know, I, I've went through a lot of emotions with this torn meniscus with Joel Embiid. It made me give up all hope in sports for a little bit. I, I conceded for a brief time that the Philadelphia Eagles would, in fact, be ass this year. I think for maybe like happen. 45 minutes. No, no, no. It was for more than oh. a day. Definitely more than oh. 24 hours. Okay. That's good. But we it's got back to 11 plus. Tape. Maybe not 11 plus. Nine plus for sure. <laughs> Double digit figures, actually. The disrespect that's being put on this team. So NFL did a, well, did you don't a, have a top, 20, top, top 10 running backs under 25. Booby Miles was not even mentioned after leading the NFL in yards per carry last year and leading all rookies in yards per carry his rookie year. Ridiculous, disrespectful, churlish, just ridiculous. Who, who the fuck is running that page? You're stupid. The, uh, the Sixers Jalen were just Hurts fine. ranked 31st of all quarterbacks by PFF. Yeah, that's that. I don't agree with him being that low. Uh, I don't either. I don't I, think I, I, I'm not saying he should be high. I'm not even saying he should be top 20. Yeah, he should be above Carson Wentz and all the rookies, except maybe Trevor Lawrence. If, nah, but Trev- no, Trevor Lawrence is not going to have a better season than Jalen Hurts. They haven't played a game in the NFL. I saw someone say Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP. You're on drugs. He's going to win yeah. two games. Yeah. Maybe three. Now, if, if he, if he gets They're five still this year, I, I will tip my cap. I will tip my cap. Jaguars under. Jaguars under. Whatever it is. They have a good defense, though. Don't care. They're in a They're, terribly tough division. They, it's not as good as it used to be. They let Boye, They had Boye and Ramsey, uh, and they let them walk. <laughs> now, now they're stuck with a DN and a linebacker. They let Malik Jackson walk. Okay, it's because yeah, fucking Chad's trying to move the stadium to fucking where Tottenham play. Yeah. The Jaguars are like, that'd be, that's a match made in heaven. That is a match. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, they're they're identical. Just the problem would be like, oh, you're making that division go out there all the time. Like, if they implemented a second bye week with this expanded season, I could see it. But with the one bye week and now the extra game, it would be tough. Idea. Second bye week, expanded season, 30-minute halftime shows where we play Super League 15-minute half matches. Yes. Yes. That is the future of football. I'm Walker Manning. That's Michael Fahey. Yes, it is. This is We Call It Soccer. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Like, share, follow. Go, go, USA. Any words, any last words for the USA and, the, or, and or the Mexican fans out here who made it all the way to the end? Yeah, um, the Sixers just got fined for tampering. Um, so there's that. But uh, good job, USA fans, staying classy throughout the night. Mexico, 
take notes. Um, but good game from your players. Your fans, however, I'm sure it was a very small majority of them. But uh, come on. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. Wow. Now the tampering thing is actually true. That's surprising. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're messing grand. with me. No, for um, I'm going to talk to Steph Curry. <laughs> precursor. Daryl. <laughs> Daryl's got to make move. What do you mean? We can't be fine. That's his brother. We got his brother on the team. It's his yeah, brother. Maybe, maybe if it was Seth talking to him, but it's not. It was. No, it was Daryl. Seth was hiding Daryl's phone. You know how it is. You know no. how it is. No, no. I mean, he could have so gotten out of this. He was just like, yo, Seth, talk to your brother. Honestly, I'm not trying to hear about tampering from a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I'm not. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm not. You don't tamper. Also, yeah, all right. So now that we're back in the basketball, I, I know I said this to you via text, but let's get it on the airwaves. How much better would the Bucks be if they didn't fuck up the Bojan deal? That would be uh, – it would be ridiculous. Title? Put the Larry O'Brien in Giannis's arms ASAP? I think – I think, yeah, they'd definitely be the favorites, especially now with LeBron out. It would. It and would. if they played the Nets without Kyrie, it would look like the Heat Series 2.0. Wow. Wow, but, that is a bold words from a bold man on a bold I don't podcast. Think, uh, I don't think they would have got Drew if they got – Boban. Fair enough. Imagine if they got both. That would have been nice. But, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to Seth, to Steph and Seth playing in Philly. That's going to be a dope backcourt. That could be the play. What? What? Oh, uh, no. Oh, you, no. You know what I'm thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking, and it's going to be hilarious when they both play at Golden State. Oh shit! That no, his name wasn't involved. I was thinking, get Ben, give him Ben, Danny Green, and Shake Milton, and then they'll give us Steph Curry in return. We'll just call it a deal. And that'll be that. Ben, Danny Green, and Shake Milton for Steph, for Steph Curry. If I'm Golden State, why am I doing that? I mean, if you do the math, Ben Simmons might score 20 points a game if he's always in a good mood for 82 games. And then George – no, Shake Milton and Danny Green, if they both had the best seasons of their careers, could combine for half of the threes that Steph would make. And then you're only slightly worse. But you got a bit younger. I don't. I think the brass and Golden State's smarter than to move Ben Simmons closer to Kendall Jenner. And you got Kelly Oubre. That. That's the all model. I mean, just mm. just get a what's his face. That would be a very good look. And Kyle team. Kuzma on there, and be a very uh, good Denzel team. Valentine, and it's all good to go. Super good looking team. <laughs> just all. Handsome, light-skinned men. Kendall Jenner for head coach. Ooh, 32 games. Didn't a, uh, a personal trainer at some college got fired for fucking a bunch of athletes? 
that would be what would happen. Yeah, I, I could see it. I don't know if she got fired. Maybe it'd be D book. No, not D book. Um, I mean Phoenix Suns. I was thinking Jamal Murray though. The superpowers. <laughs> She'll end up on twenty two jumper. Talking about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's all, folks. Yeah. Have have a good night, everybody. Um, Catch you next week on We Call It Soccer with our teams of the season for the Premier League. Boop, 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 boop.